all things were made, without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, and his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son of God, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out, saying, This is the one I have spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Corey. Good morning. My name is Ted, and I get to speak here occasionally, and it's a pleasure to be with you uh, this morning. Who saw the rain uh, bow this morning? Most uh, everyone did. I uh, enjoyed it very much. The last time I was able to speak, we talked about the rainbow, and it reminded me of God's love and care and grace and mercy. And can you say amen to that? Amen. amen. So. Uh, I've really been enjoying uh, our times together on Sunday as we've been going through the book of Genesis. We're going to kind of take a break from that uh, this morning, although we'll touch on a little bit of what we've been talking about. But did you really enjoy the sharing last Sunday when we had the four people? I really enjoyed that too. And to hear people's story, it was so powerful and great. And to know that the God is working in ways that are just uh, amazing, and I trust that this week he's been working in your life. Let's pray before we go to the Word. Father, I thank you for uh, your love and care. I thank you for that rainbow this morning that just reminded me again that you know, that you care, that you love, that you uh, your mercy is abundant, and that your grace is all over. And it's such a pleasure to come with these friends and worship and to think and to pray and to serve and to commit and to experience a hope that the world can't even begin to match. And so I pray that you, Holy Spirit, would come and speak to each of us right where we are, because you know where we are, and that you would take us from where we are to where you'd want us to be. And I pray that I and we would be willing participants in that journey. In Jesus' name, amen. It was the best of times, it was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom, it was the age of foolishness. 
It was an epoch of belief. It was the epoch of incredulity. It was a season of light. It was a season of darkness. It was a spring of hope. It was a winter of despair. We had everything before us. We had nothing before us. We are all going directly to heaven. We are all going direct the other way. Does that sound familiar at all? That's beginning. That's the beginning of a book uh, written by Charles Dixon, uh, Dickens. Excuse me. That was called "A Tale of Two Cities." You see, the French Revolution had brought the worst of times and the best of times to both France and England. And Dickens' words truly was descriptive of the mood of the world at that time. And in many ways, we in America, and actually the world, are experiencing the best of times the world has ever known with advancements in technology and with uh, the bounty in which we live. Uh, at the same time, and in other ways, these are the worst of times with wars that bring us great concern, with a social divide that seems to be widening all the time, and with concerns about the future and what the future might hold. But the same was true just prior to the birth of Jesus Christ. There was both despair and there was a a hope residing in the hearts of people, the people of Israel, that it will get better. You see, it, it was the worst of times in that the Romans were occupying Israel. Uh, cruel soldiers would walk the streets and uh, mistreat people. And then the tax system of Rome kept the people in poverty. Uh, a, a mood of despair settled down upon the people because not many years before that, they had won the victory over their enemy. You see, the Syrians uh, were oppressing them, and the Maccabees came and miraculously won victory. And that is what they celebrate at Hanukkah, the victory over the Syrians. But when the Romans came to power, the Jewish leaders first tried compromise. And when that didn't work, they tried to assassinate Herod the Great. You've heard of him before. And when that didn't work, they were crushed by Rome. And the Maccabees, those people that liberated them from the Syrians, when the last of their leaders had been killed, and Herod had been raised with even more power, a great despair came over the people of Israel. And that is the world in which Jesus entered into. But it was also a time of hope uh, because uh, Roman law brought order, which came, what came with it was progress and commerce with the building of the Roman roads and the people coming through Israel and spending their money. And best of all, even though it was a political maneuver, Herod had rebuilt the temple in Jerusalem for the Jews. 
And even greater still, they were hoping that the Messiah would come. 600 years before the birth of Jesus, the prophet Isaiah had written about this hope that the Jews were living with. And we find it in Isaiah chapter 9. I'd like to read it to you. Isaiah 9, verses 6 and 7. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. On the great, on, uh, of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. And he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. This was the hope that the people of Israel were living with. It was the best of times, but it was the worst of times. Into this good times and bad times world, Jesus came. The world had grown hard and cynical, but there was a breath of hope blowing across the hearts of the people. There was a sense that God was about to do something. God's good news was coming into a bad news world. And that brings us to the Christmas story from John chapter 1. Now, you might have wondered, that's not the Christmas story that I, uh, it didn't have the shepherds, and it didn't have the manger, and it didn't have a baby, and it didn't have all these things we become accustomed to. I'm sure we'll sing and celebrate all those things next week. But this gives us a picture of the coming of Jesus Christ from kind of the 30,000-foot view, looking down, seeing the big picture. And so I'd like to read those verses once again and just pause along the way and have us consider some of those things. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that had been made. In him was life, and life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Let's just pause on that screen for a moment. Uh, this is talking about Jesus. And you notice the word it used there to describe Jesus? It's the word word, word, capital W-O-R-D. Jesus is described as being the word. What do words do? They inform, they reveal, they tell. And Jesus was the word. He was the one that was coming to reveal God himself. Jesus being God, it says, in the beginning was the word. That's not there was a beginning to Jesus. Jesus has always been. You look at, you imagine what the beginning was like and the word was already there. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. 
And in fact, the word was God. It brings us into the mystery of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, three being one, complete community, complete oneness, complete perfection, and through him, through Christ, all things were made without him, nothing that has been made, that has been made. Jesus was a creator of all that we see and experience. He is king over it all. So this babe in the manger was much more than a babe in the manger. He was indeed God, the word, coming to earth to help us know more about God. Isn't that amazing? That's the Christmas story. Through him all things were made, and in him not only was creation, but in him was life. And this life was the light of all humankind. Uh, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. This is hope. This is the hope that we live with. This is the hope that we look forward to the future with, that Jesus came and made a way. And he is light to shine in darkness. We're going to talk more about that. Go to the next slide, please. There was a man from God whose name was John. Do you, know, do you all know John? Uh, John the Baptist is how we know him. He was a, a cousin to Jesus. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He only came as a witness to the light, the true light that gives light to everyone who uh, was coming into the world. So Jesus is known as the word. He's known as the light. And he was announced as the light by his cousin, John the Baptist. Let's go to the next slide, please. He was in the world... And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. Isn't that the saddest thing you've ever heard? That Jesus came to announce the way. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He came to announce it. He came into a dark world to announce the good news in bad times. But the world did not recognize it. Yet, yet. See that verse 12 there, that word yet? And in the Bible, I love the word yet. Because usually it comes at a time when I'm painted in the corner. Here it is, people are choosing to live in darkness instead of light. Yet, yet. To all, uh, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believe in his name, and I hope you're one of them. If not, please make that decision. To those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children not born of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. When you make that decision to accept all that Jesus offers us, forgiveness of sins, light, life, a future, and a hope, 
he gives us a new identity also. And the new identity isn't just uh, being a member of something. The, the new identity is being a child of God. Did you hear that? It's a, a child of God. A child adopted. Uh, he made the decision that he wants me and you to be his child. A child of God. Let's go to the next slide. The word became flesh. Jesus became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us. That's Emmanuel, God with us. He made his dwelling amongst us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out saying, this is the one I spoke about when I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Next slide, please. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And that's a Christmas story from John. I have uh, three thoughts that I'd like to just share about this good news this morning. The first is this. God's good news is greater than the world's bad news. I think I have a slide on that. God's good news is greater than the world's bad news. Amen? Amen. It's the truth. His good news is greater than the world's bad news. John describes Jesus' coming as light coming into darkness, and he said that the darkness could not extinguish it. Uh, the New Testament being written in, in Greek, it means there uh, that the darkness could not take it down. The darkness could not take it down. The darkness could not overcome it. The darkness could not overpower it. Think about it. Darkness is simply absence of light. It, it really does have, not have any power that we do not give it. All the darkness in the world cannot extinguish a single candle. Light impacts darkness. Darkness does not overcome light. Light is a positive force. It overcomes darkness. I was raised in a small town uh, in Utah. Uh, we did not have street lights when I was a kid. About five years ago, they got their first traffic light in the whole county. That's how remote it was. I, I would go out in the summer, sleep out on the lawn, and on those nights where it was a clear sky, which is most, our most nights in, in Utah, you'd lay there and the longer you'd look up in the sky, the more stars you would see, and pretty soon the whole sky was just a light. It, it, your eyes had adjusted and you could see the truth of the light of the heavens. But on those nights where 
it was cloud covered and the moon was not out, it was dark. Have you ever been in a place that was so dark that you could put your hand right here and not see your hand? That's how dark it was. That's dark. But you know what? I, I always slept with a flashlight when I slept outside. And if the dark started overwhelming me, because darkness can cause illusions, and sometimes you start seeing uh, possible shadows and not knowing that was there, I would just grab my flashlight, turn it on, and the light would expose the darkness. Because that's what light does. It overcomes darkness. And the longer I would look, the better I could see. So when the lights are on, it's impossible for darkness to overcome light. Jesus came as a light of the world. And he came to overcome darkness. That is good news in bad times. Jesus came into a world to overcome the darkness. He came to overcome sin. He came to overcome my brokenness and your brokenness. He came to illumine the illusions and the lies of the evil one and the illusions and the lives of even my own heart about me. He came to bring light into darkness. Now, if you listen to the TV long enough, and I, I hope you're not glued to TVs watching news, because if you're doing that all day, you probably came with a heavy, depressed heart. And, and there's enough stuff in this world to bring us to that place. But if you start the morning picking up God's word, the good news, and let his light shine upon you, it, it, it dispels, it overcomes darkness because that's why Jesus came to bring us victory. I have a couple promises for, that I'm going to show up here on the screen. Two verses. The first, 1 Corinthians 15, 57. It says this, but thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? That's good news. Here's another one. 1 John 5, 4. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Here's a second thought for us this morning. Good news transforms the world's bad news. God's good news transforms the world's bad news. Uh, because the bad news cannot overcome it. The only power that darkness has is to convince us that there's no light. And that's a lie, isn't it? Darkness takes away hope. Light brings hope. Um, I read you earlier a passage from Isaiah chapter 9 about uh, that prophecy and 
the coming, and he'll be called Mighty God, Prince of Peace. Let me read those verses before that passage. Go ahead and put them up on the screen, please. In Isaiah 9, it says, Nevertheless, there'll be no more gloom for those who are in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. In other words, they were living in darkness. Go ahead, the next one. The people were uh, walking in darkness. Uh, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoicing at the harvest. As warriors rejoicing when dividing their plunder, they had a little pickup in their step. You know, they were doing a little, uh, when I was young, they'd call it a jig. You know, just a a little dance without uh, planning it. Uh, That's the way they were acting because there was hope. In the midst of darkness, there was hope for light. Go on, please. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's used in battle and every garment rolled in the blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. Next, please. For, here's the hope, here's the light out of darkness. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. I can see them starting to get excited and do little dances in the prophecy of Isaiah. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. On the greatness of his government and peace, there'll be no end. He will reign on heaven's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from the time on and forever. And the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. We are living in the midst of that promise. Jesus came and he established his kingdom and there is victory for us. We are, we have the right to be called children of God. And now in his kingdom, we can live in hope, the hope that Jesus has come. And one day, hold, hold on, we'll talk about one day in just a minute. Okay. Uh, I have to be honest. There are times... Uh, in this world where we can experience more darkness than light. Times when despair comes and kind of settles on us like a cloud. Times when we don't see rainbows. When there's only shadows and very little light. When hopes and dreams seem as though they're fading and hard questions come And when that happens, or if you're there right now, do not lose hope. You're not alone. 
In the Bible, there is a guy named John the Baptist. We already read about him in John chapter 1. Now, you'd think that John the Baptist had it all figured out. In fact, uh, when Mary came, when John the Baptist's mom Elizabeth was pregnant with John the Baptist, when Mary came, he, he jumped in her womb. And he had heard about Jesus probably all of his life. In fact, when he was baptizing and announcing that uh, someone was coming greater than him, uh, Jesus came and he said, behold, the Lamb of God who's going to take the sins of the world. And then he baptized Jesus. And a dove came down upon him and a voice came out of heaven saying, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. John the Baptist had experienced all that. But then Herod, we talked about Herod a moment ago. Herod didn't like John the Baptist, and he had him in prison. And John was in a time of despair. Is Jesus really who he said he was? So John sent a couple of his students, his disciples, to ask Jesus, are you really who you said you are? Are you really bringing light into this world because my life is feeling pretty dark right now. And Jesus told John's disciples this in Matthew 11. Uh, Are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else was the question. And Jesus replied, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor, blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. Jesus said, you know, it might be dark, but look past the darkness. There is light. Here's what's happening. Don't despair. The kingdom of God, the light, did not depend upon John's circumstances, even though that they were dark, because light had come and the darkness could not stop it. The blind were seeing, the lame were walking, the sick were being cured, the deaf were hearing, uh, the dead were being raised, and the poor were giving hope. God was in control. Jesus is the light of the world, and he has come. So in the midst of darkness... There is light. Live in faith and the hope of that light. Don't let the darkness of this world and and this time overwhelm. Invite Christ into it. He illumines the darkness. Even Jesus, even Jesus died on a cross. 
I'm sure Satan was pretty thrilled when it got to that point where Jesus was hanging on a cross, thinking he had won the battle. But look what it says in Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 through 15. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your faith, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having the canceled the charge of our legal, legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away. Jesus has taken it away nailing it to the cross, that very cross that Satan thought was a place of victory for him was indeed a place of victory for Jesus Christ, for you and I. Instead of a place of darkness, it became a place of light. The next verse, please. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them, by the cross. It was on the cross that Jesus made a public spectacle of the evil one and took away all his authority and ushered in the kingdom so that we can be called children of God, forgiven and filled by the very power of the Holy Spirit. So we can live in the light of the good news of Jesus Christ and live in a way that we overcome. We are overcomers. In fact, in Romans, it tells us that we are more than overcomers. That is the hope of the gospel. So God's good news transforms the world's bad news. And one last thought. God's good news will do away one day with the world's bad news. God's good news will do away with the world's bad news. The last book of the Bible is really a tale of two cities. The book of Revelation talks about that eternal struggle between the city of evil called Babylon, which we've been talking about in our study of Genesis, and the city of God, the New Jerusalem. These are the kingdoms that, uh, as Revelation describes, exist side by side. The best of times and the worst of times at the same time. Parallel kingdoms operating in the world. Babylon representing the worst of times. And the best of times. We've been talking about Jesus being the one that uh, turns Babylon to blessing. And we heard those stories last week. One day. One day, I don't know when, but one day, and you know what? Today is one day closer than yesterday it was. One day, Jesus is going to return and make all things right. There'll be no more darkness. No more. Let me read about that in Revelation chapter 
21, verses 1 through 4. In fact, I encourage you to read both chapters 21 and 22. But here's just four verses. Then I saw, this is the revelation of John. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. You better watch out or I'll get happy feet up here. I don't dance much. I'll try not to, JJ. You wouldn't want to see me dance. (laughs) But then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away as broken as it was. And there was no longer any sea. Um, Let me just pause right there. In Hebrew literature, sea represents discord and fear and dysfunction. There's no longer any sea. Next slide, please. I saw the holy city. The new Jerusalem. Coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. So there'll be this new city, and I don't know what all that means. Uh, in God's word, the church is called the bride of Christ. I, I think the, the bride of Christ, we will be in the midst of this whole new creation that comes out of heaven and redeems earth. There'll be a new heaven and a new earth. Uh, and I heard a shout from the throne, look. God's dwelling place is now amongst the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. God's presence will be even more real than the the presence of the Holy Spirit living inside of us now. He will be with us, and I can't even begin to comprehend what that's going to be like, but it's going to be glorious. Uh, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things have passed away. And that's just the beginning of that description. God's good news will do away with the world's bad news. God has brought us together today to worship him, to think about these things, to pray, to, to, as a community, let it settle down deeply in us. And if you've never come to the place where you've said, God... I need light. I'm full of darkness. I need you. He tells us, he invites us. Jesus has done all he could, needs to do on the cross. It says right now he's in the heavenlies with the father interceding on our behalf. So he's up there cheering you on to accept this light, to walk into the light and to invite God into your life. And and the Holy Spirit then comes and makes, we become the temple of God. The Holy Spirit lives within us. And then we live in light through the power of God living through us with the hope of that one day when Jesus is going to return 
and make all things brand new. That's good news. That's the Christmas story. Don't be, don't be deceived. Even if darkness is on your doorstep, don't be deceived. Jesus Christ has come. He reigns. He will come again. I love football. That's quite a transition, isn't it? I, I like football, and being a pastor, oftentimes when uh, my favorite team would play in the morning, I had to miss the game. And so often after church, I would turn on the radio and I would hear the score. And that kind of determined if I watched the game that I was recording at home on my television. If I heard that they lost, if I heard that they lost, I would tend not to watch it because I knew it was bad news. But if I heard that they'd won, I'd make sure I'd watch it. And as I was watching it, if there was an interception or a fumble or something terrible happened, it didn't bother me too much because I knew in the end we won. Well, friends, uh, there's two teams that are playing in this world. One is all about darkness, and the other is all about light. One is all about bad news, and the other is all about good news. And I sit, stand here before you and tell you, I know who won. Yes, Jesus won. Jesus won, and Jesus is winning, and Jesus will win. And that is good news. Jesus Christ came to this earth to be the Savior of humankind. Now, that's good news, even in bad times. Let's pray. just going to give you a moment uh, just to settle and listen to God's spirit in the depths of who you are and listen to what he's saying to you now if that voice that you're hearing is uh, filled with shame and darkness just in the name of Jesus we put that aside and we invite you God to speak to us each of us individually in the depths of who we are. And will you remind us of your love for us? Would you remind us of your light, of Jesus coming and dying? And I just invite you just to thank him for that. Tell him you're excited, excited about his, that he came, that he, is coming again. Mm. And if you've never accepted Jesus to be your Savior, meaning if you've never said, Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin. I, 
I need your help. Would you bring the light of your forgiveness that was made available through your death on the cross? Would you come into my life and forgive my sins? And I want to live for you. If you've never said that before to God, I invite you to do it just now. You can do it by just talking to God, just praying, and you can even pray silently, say, Jesus Christ, I need you. Thank you for dying for my sins. I ask you to forgive my sins. Ask for your light to shine into my darkness. And would you make me the kind of person you want me to be today and tomorrow and the next day and all the days of my life? Then tell him to thank you that he heard your prayer. Now, if you pray that prayer for the first time, I'd really like you to tell somebody about that. Uh, there'll be people up here praying after the service. Please come and tell one of them, and they can talk to you more about that. We love you, Father. Jesus, thank you for coming into this dark world with your light. And Holy Spirit, I thank you for being with us this morning to help you understand you more fully. In Jesus' name, amen.